Book Six, Canto One, The Legend of Calidore. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Morgan Scorpion. The Fairy Queen by Edmund Spencer. Book Six, The Legend of Calidore. Canto One. Calidore saves from Malifort, a damsel used vild, doth vanquish Crudor, and doth make, Brianna wex more mild. Of court, it seems, men courtesy do call, for that it there most useth to abound, and well beseemeth that in prince's hall that virtue should be plentifully found, which of all goodly manners is the ground, and root of civil conversation. Right so in fairy court did it redound, where courteous knights and ladies most did one, of all on earth, and make a matchless paragon. But amongst them all was none more courteous knight than Calidore, beloved over all, in whom it seems that gentleness of sprite and manners mild were planted natural, to which he adding comely guise withal, and gracious speech, did steal men's hearts away. Natheless thereto he was full stout and tall, and well approved in battleless affray, that him did much renown, and far his fame display. Nor was there knight, nor was there lady found, in fairy court, but him did dear embrace. For his fair usage and condition sound, the which in all men's liking gained place, and with the greatest purchase greatest grace, which he could wisely use, and well apply, to please the best, and the evil to embase. For he loathed leasing, and base flattery, and loved simple truth and steadfast honesty. And now he was in travel on his way, upon an hard adventure sore bestad, when as by chance he met upon a day with Artigal, returning yet half sad from his late conquest, which he gotten had, who when as each of other had a sight, they knew themselves, and both their persons rad, when Calidore thus first, Hail, noblest knight, of all this day on ground that breathen living sprite. Now tell, if please you, of the good success which ye have had in your late enterprise. To whom Sir Artigal gan to express his whole exploit and valorous emprise, in order as it did to him arise. Now happy man, say then Sir Calidore, which have so goodly, as ye can devise, achieved so hard a quest as few before that shall you most renowned make for evermore. But where ye ended have, now I begin to tread an endless trace, without an guide, or good direction, how to enter in, or how to issue forth in ways untried, in perils strange, in labours long and wide, in which although good fortune me befall, yet shall it not by none be testified. What is that quest, quoth then Sir Artigal, that you into such perils presently doth call? The blattened beast, quoth he, I do pursue, and through the world incessantly do chase, till I him overtake, or else subdue. Yet know I not, or how, or in what place to find him out, yet still I forward trace. What is that blattened beast? then he replied. It is a monster bred of hellish race, then answered he, which often hath annoyed good knights and ladies true, and many else destroyed. Of Curbus, while home he was begot, and fell Camilegra in her darksome den. 
through foul commixture of his filthy blot, where he was fostered long in Stygian fen, till he to perfect ripeness grew, and then into this wicked world he forth was sent, to be the plague and scourge of wretched men, whom with vile tongue and venomous intent he saw doth wound, and bite, and cruelly torment. Then since the salvage island I did leave, said Artigal, I such a beast did see, the which did seem a thousand tongues to have, that all in spite and malice did agree, with which he bade and loudly barked at me, as if at first he at once would me devour. But I that knew myself from peril free, did not regard his malice nor his power, but he the more wicked poison forth did pour. That surely is that beast, said Calidore, which I pursue, of which I am right glad to hear these tidings, which of none afore through all my weary travel I have had. Yet now some hope your words unto me add. Now God you speed, quoth then Sir Artigal, and keep your body from the danger drad, for ye have much ado to deal with all. So both took goodly leave, and parted several. Sir Calidore thence travelled not long, when as by chance a comely squire he found, that through some mighty enemy's wrong, both hand and foot unto a tree was bound, who seeing him from far, with piteous sound of his shrill cries him called to his side, to whom approaching, in that painful stound, when he him saw, for no demands he stayed, but first him loosed, and afterwards thus to him said, Unhappy squire, what hard mishap thee brought into this bay of peril and disgrace! What cruel hand thy wretched thraldom wrought, and thee captured in this shameful place? To whom he answered thus, My hapless case is not occasioned through my misdesert, but through misfortune which did me abase unto the shame, and my young hopes avert, ere that I in her girlful trains was well expert. Not far from hence, upon yond rocky hill, hard by a strait there stands a castle strong, which doth observe a custom lewd and ill, and it hath long maintained with mighty wrong, for may no knight nor lady pass along that way, and yet they needs must pass that way, by reason of the strait, and rocks among. But they that lady's locks do shave away, and that knight's beard for toll, which they for passage pay. A shameful use, as ever I did hear, said Calidore, and to be overthrown. But by what means did they at first it rear, and for what cause? Tell if thou have it known. Said then that squire, The lady which doth own this castle is by name Brianna Height, than which a prouder lady liveth none. She long time hath dear loved a doughty knight, and sought to win his love by all the means she might. His name is Crudor, who, through high disdain and proud despite of his self-pleasing mind, refused hath to yield her love again, until a mantle she for him do find, with beards of knights and locks of ladies lined, which to provide she hath this castle dight, and therein hath a seneschal assigned, called Malifort, a man of mickle might, who executes her wicked will with worse despite. He this same day, as I that way did come, with a fair damsel, my beloved dear, in execution of her lawless doom, did set upon us flying both for fear, for little boots against him hand to rear. Me first he took, unable to withstand, and whilst he her pursued everywhere, till his return unto this tree he bond. Know what I surely, whether her he yet have found. Thus whilst they spake, 
they heard a rueful shriek of one loud crying, which they straightway guessed that it was she, the which for help did seek. Though looking up unto the cry to lest, they saw that Carl from far, with hand unblessed, hailing that maiden by the yellow hair, that all her garments from her snowy breast, and from her head her locks he nigh did tear. Nor would he spare for pity, nor refrain for fear. Which heinous sight when Calidor beheld, eftsoons he loosed that squire, and so him left, with heart's dismay and inward dolour quelled, for to pursue that villain, which had reft that piteous spoil by so injurious theft, whom overtaking, loud to him he cried, Leave fater quickly that misgotten weft to him, that hath it better justified, and turn thee soon to him, of whom thou art defied. Who hearkening to that voice himself upreared, and seeing him so fiercely towards make, against him stoutly ran as nought afeared, but rather more enraged for those words' sake, and with stern countenance thus unto him spake, Art thou the caitiff that defiest me, and for this maid, whose party thou dost take, wilt give thy beard, though it but little be, yet shall it not her locks for ransom for me free. With that he fiercely at him flew, and laid on hideous strokes with most importune might, that oft he made him stagger as unstayed, and oft recoil to shun his sharp despite. But Calidor, that was well skilled in fight, him long forbore, and still his spirit spared. Lying in wait, how him he damaged might, but when he felt him shrink, and come toward, he greater grew, and gan to drive at him more hard. Like as a water-stream, whose swelling source shall drive a mill, within strong banks is pent, and long restrained of his ready course, so soon as passage is unto him lent, breaks forth, and makes his way more violent. Such was the fury of Sir Calidore, when once he felt his foeman to relent, he fiercely him pursued, and pressed sore, who as he still decayed, so he increased more. The heavy burden of whose dreadful might, when as the carl no longer could sustain, his heart gan faint, and straight he took his flight toward the castle, where if need constrain his hope of refuge used to remain, whom Calidore, perceiving fast to fly, he him pursued and chased through the plain, that he for dread of death gan loud to cry unto the ward, to open to him hastily. They from the wall seeing him so aghast, the gate soon opened to receive him in. But Calidore did follow him so fast, that even in the porch he did him win, and cleft his head asunder to his chin. The carcass tumbling down within the door, did choke the entrance with a lump of sin, that it could not be shut, whilst Calidore did enter in, and slew the porter on the floor. With that the rest, the which the castle kept about him flocked, and hard at him did lay, but he them all from him full lightly swept, as doth a steer in heat of summer's day, with his long tail the brises brush away. Thence passing forth into the hall he came, whereof the lady self in sad display, he was immet, who with uncomely shame gan him salute, and foul upbraid with faulty blame. False traitor knight, said she, no knight at all, but scorn of arms that hast with guilty hand murdered my men, and slain my seneschal. Now comest thou to rob my house unmanned, and spoil myself that cannot thee withstand? Yet doubt thou not, but that some better knight than thou, that shall thy treason understand, will it avenge, and pay thee with thy right. And if none do, 
yet shame shall thee with shame requite. Much was the knight abashed at that word, yet answered thus, Not unto me the shame, but to the shameful doer it afford. Blood is no blemish, for it is no blame to punish those that do deserve the same. But they that break bounds of civility, and wicked customs make, those do defame both noble arms and gentle courtesy. No greater shame to man than inhumanity. Then do yourself, for dread of shame, forego this evil manner, which ye here maintain, and do instead thereof mild curtsy show to all that pass. That shall you glory gain more than his love, which thus ye seek to obtain. Wherewithal full of wrath, she thus replied, Vile recreant, know that I do much disdain thy courteous law, that dost my love deride. Who scorns thy idle scoff, and bids thee be defied? To take defiance at a lady's word, quoth he, I hold it no indignity. But were he here that would it with his sword abet, perhaps he mote it dearer by. Cowherd, quoth she, were not that thou wouldst fly, ere he do come, he should be soon in place. If I do so, said he, then liberty I leave to you, for I me to disgrace, with all those shames that erst ye spake me to deface. With that a dwarf she called to her in haste, and taking from her hand a ring of gold, a privy token which between them passed, bade him to fly with all the speed he could to Crudor, and desire him that he would vouchsafe to rescue her against a knight who though strong power had now herself in hold, having late slain her seneschal in fight, and all her people murdered with outrageous might. The dwarf his way did hast, and went all night, but Calidore did with her there abide. The coming of that so much threatened knight, where that discourteous dame with scornful pride, and foul entreaty him indignified, that iron heart it hardly could sustain. Yet he that could his wrath full wisely guide, did well endure her womanish disdain, and did himself from frail impatience refrain. The morrow next, before the lamp of light above the earth upreared his flaming head, the dwarf, who bore that message to her knight, brought answer back, that ere he tasted bread, he would her succour, and, alive or dead, her foe deliver up into her hand. Therefore he willed her do away all dread, and that of him she mote assured stand, and sent to her his bassinet as a faithful band. Thereof full blithe the lady straight became, and gan to augment her bitterness much more, yet no whit more appalled for the same, nor aught dismayed was Sir Calidore, but rather did more cheerful seem therefore. And having soon his arms about him dight, did issue forth to meet his foe afore, where long he stayed not, when as a knight he spied came pricking on with all his power and might. Well weaned he straight, that he should be the same, which took in hand her quarrel to maintain, nor stayed to ask if it were he by name, but couched his spear, and ran at him amain. They been admit in middest of the plain, with so fell fury, and dispiteous force, that neither could the other's stroke sustain, but rudely rolled to ground both man and horse, neither of other taking pity nor remorse. But Calidore uprose again full light, whilst yet his foe lay fast in senseless sound, Yet would he not him hurt, although he might, For shame he weaned a sleeping wight to wound. But when Brianna saw that dreary stound, That where she stood upon the castle wall, She deemed him sure to have been dead on ground, And made such piteous mourning therewithal, That from the battlements she ready seemed to fall. 
Nevertheless at length himself he did uprear, in lustless wise, as if against his will. Ere he had slept his fill, he wakened were, and gan to stretch his limbs, which feeling ill of his late fall, a while he rested still. But when he saw his foe before in view, he shook off luskishness, and courage chill, kindling afresh, gan battle to renew, to prove if better foot than horseback would ensue. There then began a fearful, cruel fray, betwixt them two, for maestery of might, for both were wondrous practic in that play, and passing well expert in single fight, and both inflamed with furious despite, which as it still increased, so still increased their cruel strokes and terrible affright, nor once for ruth their rigour they released, nor once to breathe a while their anger's tempest ceased. Thus long they tracked and traversed to and fro, and tried all ways how each mote entrance make into the life of his malignant foe. They hew their helms and plates asunder break, as they had potshares been, for naught mote slake their greedy vengeances, but gory blood, that at the last like to a purple lake of bloody gore congealed about them stood, which from their riven sides forth gushed like a flood. At length it chanced that both their hands on high at once did heave with all their power and might, thinking the utmost of their force to try, and prove the final fortune of the fight. But Calidor, that was more quick of sight, and nimbler handed than his enemy, prevented him before his stroke could light, and on the helmet smoke him formally, that made him stoop to ground with meek humility. And ere he could recover foot again, he following that fair advantage fast, his stroke redoubled with such might and main, that him upon the ground he grovelling cast, and leaping to him light, would have unlaced his helm, to make unto his vengeance way, who seeing in what danger he was placed, cried out, Our mercy, sir, do not me not slay, but save my life, which lot before your foot doth lay. With that his mortal hand a while he stayed, and having somewhat calmed his wrathful heat, with goodly patience, Thus he to him said, And is the boast of that proud lady's threat, That menaced me from the field to beat, Now brought to this? By this now may ye learn, Strangers no more rudely to entreat, But put away proud look, and usage stern, The which shall naught to you but foul dishonour yearn. For nothing is more blameful to a knight, Than curtsy doth as well as arms profess. However strong and fortunate in flight, than the reproach of pride and coolness. In vain he seeketh others to suppress, who hath not learned himself first to subdue. All flesh is frail, and full of fickleness, subject to fortune's chance, still changing you. What haps to-day to me, to-morrow may to you. Who will not mercy unto others show? How can he mercy ever hope to have? To pay each with his own his right and due, Yet since ye mercy now doth need to crave, I will it grant your hopeless life to save, With these conditions which I will propound. First, that ye better shall yourself behave Unto all errant knights, where so on ground. Next, that ye ladies aid in every stead and stound. The wretched man, that all this while did well, In dread of death, his heasts did gladly hear, And promised to perform his precept well and whatsoever else he would require. So suffering him to rise, he made him swear, by his own sword, and by the cross thereon, to take Brianna for his loving fair, 
without endow or composition, but to release his former foul condition. All which accepting, and with faithful oath binding himself most firmly to obey, he up arose, however lief or loath, and swore to him true fealty for A. Then forth he called from sorrowful dismay, the sad Brianna, which all this beheld, who coming forth yet full of late affray, Sir Calidore upcheered, and to her telled, all this accord, to which he crudor had compelled. Whereof she now more glad than sorry erst, all overcome with infinite effect, for his exceeding courtesy, that pierced her stubborn heart with inward deep effect. Before his feet herself she did project, and him adoring as her life's dear lord, with all due thanks, with dutiful respect, herself acknowledged bound for that accord, by which he had to her both life and love restored. So all returning to the castle glad, most joyfully she did them entertain, where goodly glee and feast to them she made, to show her thankful mind and meaning fain, by all the means she mote it best explain, and after all, unto Sir Calidore, she freely gave that castle for his pain, and herself bound to him for evermore, so wondrously no changed from that she was afore. But Calidore himself would not retain, nor land nor fee, for hire of his good deed, but gave them straight unto that squire again, whom from her seneschal he lately freed, and to his damsel as their rightful meed, for recompense of all their former wrong. There he remained with them right well agreed, till of his wounds he waxed whole and strong, and then to his first quest he passed forth along. End of Canto 6, Book 1, The Legend of Calidore